just open your eyes to some of the things that are going on around you and wonder, is it equitable for everyone or is there some way that I can be helping other women? I, I certainly found that was my key to um, succeeding is not by in any way wanting to draw attention to myself but by making sure I was really amplifying and supporting the women around me and that I found really helped and you can then have really fantastic networks not only with the men you work with but the women as well and you're all going through similar things and there's ways that you can um, be supporting and you know podcasts like this are a fantastic example. My name is Mad Mumsy and I've been driving the huge dump trucks in Australian open cut mines for over 10 years now. I wish I had a dollar for everyone who said to me, how does a little thing like you drive those big trucks? You must be rich. Oh, how do I get a job doing that? My mining friends are asked these questions all the time too. This is what started the Mad Mumsy journey to share stories and tips from living a mining lifestyle and to let others know what it's really like. Not everyone is cut out to be a miner, but why not? What does it take to thrive and survive in this industry? Now let's dig in. Get it? Dig? Mining? <laughs> oh, it cracked me up. Hello, my name is Mad Mumsy and this is episode 48 of the Beers with a Miner podcast. This week is a happy hour episode and I had a fascinating chat with Dr. Kirsten Ferguson, one of Australia's leading professional company directors and businesswomen, as well as an award-winning expert on leadership and corporate culture and a leading commentator on diversity and inclusion. After joining the military, age 17, she graduated as ducks of her Air Force graduating class at the Australian Defence Force Academy. She was then posted to an F-111 squadron and decided to study law and became a solicitor. She then went on to become CEO of a global consulting business operating in the mining and resources sector before completing a PhD in leadership and governance and embarking on a career as a professional company director. She has been named as one of the Australian Financial Review's 100 Women of Influence been awarded a Sir Winston Churchill Fellowship and named as the Australian Institute of Management's Young Manager of the Year. If this wasn't enough, Dr Ferguson is the creator of the Walkley Award-nominated Hashtag Celebrating Women campaign. After having committed to celebrate two women from all walks of life and from anywhere in the world every single day for a year. Her widely acclaimed efforts saw her celebrate approximately 750 women from more than 37 countries and led to her creating a social media movement and now has a new upcoming book called Womankind. I was lucky enough to have been one of those 750 women involved in the hashtag celebrating women campaign. It really was lovely for me to personally have a chat with Dr Ferguson and I'm excited to say that we also got a scoop just for you. So without further ado, let's dig into this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Dr Kirsten Ferguson. Are you ready to dig in? Get it? Dig? 
mining. <laughs> I crack me up. Okay, as this podcast <laughs> is called the Beers with a Miner podcast, I like to start by asking my guests their favourite beverage and best time to enjoy it. What is yours? Well, I've become a bit partial to a shandy. It's a bit retro, I know, and, you know, it's not a full-strength beer, but um, I've got a place up on the Sunshine Coast and we walk to our favourite sort of beachside brewery right uh, there. And so when I get there, I have a shandy or two because I figure since they're half-strength, you can have a few. Uh, And then we very slowly walk back. So uh, at the moment, having a shandy after a walk on the beach is right up there. Wow, that's lovely. And a shandy is beer and lemonade, is that right? It is. It's like something our grandmothers probably used to drink, but it's really refreshing. So anyway, I like it. Uh, so that's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I was just going to say that, that my nana used to drink it and then one of my exes used to have a beer with a dash of lemonade and they'd always give it to me and I'd say, no, that's his. Huh? <laughs> I like real beer. <laughs> gender stereotypes for you. <laughs> gender stereotyping right there. And that was, yeah, 30, yeah. 20, 30 years ago, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we might touch on your journey within the mining industry. Uh, since my podcast is based around the mining industry, but you are so in very diverse um, ways lot, doing lots of other things. But um, I see on your website that you've worked now I'll read this out, uh, providing cognitive-based health and safety services to the mining and resources industry and led a team of psychologists with offices in Australia, Canada, US and Europe. So, uh, Kirsten, do you mind if I call you Kirsten or do I need to call you doctor? Yeah, no, of course. No, please, (laughs) please call me Kirsten. I haven't interviewed a doctor as yet, so. Um, well. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, if you could explain in layman's term terms what cognitive-based health and safety is. Is that kind of uh, like what the hard hat mentor, my sister, does, you know, for all the all you safety weirdos, as she likes to call, call ourselves? Um, oh. <laughs> no, look, um, well, she was one of the women I got to celebrate last year, which was wonderful. Um, but I don't know exactly what she does, but I can tell you a little bit about what that business was. And I'm not there now. So I was CEO of um, a group that used to provide uh, the program called the Zero Incident Process or the ZIP Process. And it was mainly presented by psychologists. And what that cognitive-based training means is it's getting people to change their attitudes to safety. So we would argue that it's not enough just to have a policy in place, but it's what you choose to do at sort of 2 a.m. in the morning when your supervisor isn't around, whether it's easier just to take that shortcut or whether you stop and have a think about what's the most important thing to you personally and what the consequences of an unsafe decision might be. And so um, I led that business and I knew nothing about safety. I was a bit like you when I first started thinking what on earth is cognitive-based safety (laughs) training all about, but it was, the most amazing experience and got to go um, underground in platinum mines in South Africa and coal mines over there, which are very different to here. Um, definitely been in a lot of mining uh, across Australia, also in Indonesia, um, in the US, went up to the Arctic where they've got diamond mines. And it's just, uh, you know, something that I really loved. Uh, and then because I got exposure to health and safety through 
that role. Um, I ended up doing a PhD looking at the role of boards in health and safety. And so that's what the doctor's from. I'm definitely not a medical doctor. Do not ask me any health issues whatsoever. <laughs> um, but I became an out and remain really passionate about health and safety and mental health in particular. Uh, but that was my first exposure to mining was through that role and understanding, you know, how critical um, having people who are really focused on making safe choices are. Very important. And that is a lot what my sister does, the hard hat mentor. It's uh, based on, mm. our, on our why, you know, um, why do some yeah. people choose to do the right thing and others don't? And, and why do sometimes exactly do the right thing and sometimes we don't? So, and you were over in South Africa. It was very sad news this week that um, five miners died in an underground mine over there. Yeah, look, hideous. Um, yeah, very, I mean, it's variable. I certainly went in one of the big multinationals underground with them and it was very high standards and exactly what you would expect. But then another one I went to uh, was appalling and, in fact, got closed down very soon after. Um, so I think they're doing a lot of work, though, to improve safety standards, which is fantastic. But obviously sad news this week. <laughs> a lot more to be done, a lot more. A lot more, that's right. You you would have come across all sorts. I guess that just makes you even more passionate to make sure everyone uh, gets home safely yeah. and their loved ones. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in the roles that I am now sitting on boards, you know, very passionate about making sure that the safety cultures in organisations are right and, and that we're making sure we're doing everything we can to keep our people safe. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. It really helps me to understand when I come across a safety widow such as yourself and my sister. And we, we say that with love in our heart, <laughs> the safety widow, obviously. <laughs> It's it it's a word that um it just exudes passion, I think, about why people who are involved in safety get so passionate about it is because they've mm. seen so much of the bad things that can happen, sadly. That's so, right. Yeah. Um so you would have worked with a lot of blokes in the mines then, obviously, in all different countries and your different roles. Uh, do you personally have any tips for women working in male-dominated industries or especially uh, women who are thinking about coming into it? What, what do you think might help them to um, be able to handle it a bit better? Any, any insights there? Yeah, look, I've had quite a, a journey because I started my career when I was 17 and I joined the military and I went um, to the Australian Defence Force Academy and I was one of, I think, a handful of women there and it was incredibly male-dominated. And, you know, I was utterly in denial that um, there was anything around gender that was going to be relevant. I just wanted to be known, you know, for who I was and contributing and being a leader regardless of gender. And I must admit, I spent maybe 20 years just hoping no one noticed I was a female and that's how I worked in all my male-dominated environments. It's really only, you know, when you become a bit more senior and you've got the ability to ask questions and to influence change that you can start to sort of unpick the things that you've seen happening and you know don't seem quite right and wondering, well, what is it that's going on? And, and some of those really clear gender inequities that happen around us and some of them aren't obvious and it takes some time and confidence to really address those. So I guess 
your question really depends on where you are in your awareness. Um, if you were like me and just wanted to not talk, you know, I don't want to bring attention to the fact I'm female. I just want to be getting on and doing what I'm doing, which I know is the case for lots and lots of women. Then I completely understand that and I think you should be focusing on being the best leader you can be. But I would encourage you to perhaps just open your eyes to some of the things that are going on around you and wonder, you know, is is it equitable for everyone or is there some way that I can be helping other women? I, I certainly found that was my key to um, succeeding is not by in any way wanting to draw attention to myself but by making sure I was really amplifying and supporting the women around me. And that I found really helped and you can then have really fantastic networks, not only with the men you work with but the women as well. And you're all going through similar things and there's ways that you can um, be supporting and, um, you know, podcasts like this are a fantastic example. But about backing each other in meetings, if there are only one or two of you in a meeting, it can really help. In fact, in the book that I've got coming out shortly with Catherine Fox, we write about um, in the Obama White House, they only had very few women. And I mean, compared to what the president that's there now, you would expect that it was a completely different situation for women. But even there, they had fewer women in power. And so they, uh, the women that were there, had a really concerted effort to what they called amplify each other. So in meetings, they would back each other up and do different things. And researchers went in and found that it actually has an enormous effect. And by the second administration, they doubled their numbers of women that were there, including in positions, or senior positions. So it's just a really interesting way of thinking about how you can work in a male-dominated environment and support the women that are there as well. That's right. And it also goes for the men as well, I think. Um, oh, without saying. So, yeah, sorry, I was more focusing on um, no, that's women. that's fine. <laughs> I mean, we need male allies. Yeah, mm. we need male allies. And they're, they're critical in a male-dominated environment. And um, for them, and helping them to see things that might not be obvious to them because they're in a different you know, position and they're not, um, necessarily one of the minorities. So uh, helping them in a way that's really constructive, I think, is useful as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know in in my roles, I've always, especially when new girls come on or new women, new ladies, I always see them all as girls because I'm usually the oldest. <laughs> um, but I kind of take them under the wing, under the under my wing, and just say, you know, if you need a chat, if you, if anything. And there's some things you just can't talk to men about, you know, I'm here, we got each mm. other, I got your back, girl. <laughs> and um, you just That's have it. those moments yep. and sometimes you just need to go to the toilet and have a good cry and come back out and you'll be okay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know? An awful lot of good stuff happens in the loop with women supporting women and hearing each other. And, you know, that exactly what you're talking about is, I think for a long time it's been dismissed as, um, or we've not, not even been conscious of it. Women know we do it without thinking. Mm. Um, yet it's incredibly powerful and important. And in fact, it's the entire sort of thing that Celebrating Women was all about and um, this book Womankind is all about. It's, it's just this power of women supporting women, which is all around us. Now for a word from our sponsor, Julia Hartman and the Bantax Accounting Group. Julia's my awesome accountant. She's written two books with financial expert Noel Whitaker, and she's got a passion to help us miners make the most out of our hard-earned cash. She's got heaps of tips 
and make sure that we get every cent we are meant to get and is right on the ball with everything. If you head to bantax.com.au forward slash miners, that's B-A-N-T-A-C-S, you can download a free booklet all just for us miners. And there's also a spreadsheet in there that helps you check off what tools you have for your trade, like your isolation lock, work boots, seven shirts, all of these sorts of things. And you can weigh them up and it'll tell you if you qualify weight-wise to claim your trips out to work. And that's just one of the things that they've got over there. So I strongly urge you to head to bantax.com.au forward slash miners and see what they can do and find your nearest office as we come up to tax time. They're really on the ball, know what's going on with the tax department and there's heaps of other free information like property investing. If you really plan on doing some great things with your money, you want to do that, right? If you want to sell your house, can save a lot of money if you find out what to do first rather than in hindsight. And Julia, she'll, you know, make sure you get it right. And if you do it wrong and then go and see her, she'll <laughs> she'll up you <laughs> in the nicest possible way because she really cares about us and wants us to keep our money and not give it to the tax department. Anyway, head over to bantax.com.au forward slash miners and tell them Mad Mumsy sent you. And what a fantastic segue there, because my next thing was let's change gears a little bit and talk about huh? your hashtag celebrating women, which was which became a movement that you created. It was in twenty seventeen, that's right. Last year. Last yeah. year, yeah, that's right. Uh what made you start that? And oh can you just tell us the story of celebrating women? Yeah. Um, so, in fact, I'd had a shandy, so I, I actually don't drink all that much, but I found myself uh, on my own on this particular occasion on this same beach, and um, it was in the middle of the summer holiday, so I had a bit of time on my hands, and I'd been reading Twitter, I love being on Twitter, and, um, you know, just being part of that whole environment, but you can't help but notice the denigration that so many women uh, face and harassment and abuse for no reason whatsoever. And uh, I noticed a particular thread of tweets one day about uh, directed towards a, a particular woman and I can't even remember what it was about now, but I just remember going, enough, you know, I have had enough. And I went off and off I went on my walk and I got to the end and I had this shandy in the brewery and I literally sat there and thought, right, what am I going to do to try and make a difference? And I ended up writing a bit of an opinion piece saying we needed to see more celebration and less denigration of women. I had absolutely no idea how I was going to do that. I slept on it. And the very next day I ended up uh, ringing my mum and I asked her four questions. I kind of made them up over the phone. Well, I needed a test dummy that didn't really know what they were getting themselves into because this was a harebrained scheme at best. And I asked her four questions. And I made them up then and there and uh, I posted her answers and some photos on Twitter. I didn't tell anyone it was my mum. And suddenly people really liked it. They enjoyed her little story. Uh, and I thought, okay, my, suddenly my Twitter feed felt more positive than it had the day before. 
And so never wanted to do things by halves. Then and there, I made a very public commitment. I was going to celebrate two women every single day of 2017. And so I had no idea where I was going to find sort of 730-odd women and um, was really nervous that this was just going to fizzle out and I was going to look like a bit of a douchebag for <laughs> even suggesting it. But I went out there and I never do anything, you know, half-heartedly and just kept tweeting saying I'd love to hear from women and the same four questions. I never changed sort of the, the pattern or the, the how it looked and um, it was remarkable. And in the end, by the end of last year, I celebrated, including yourself and your sister, 757 women from 37 different countries. And it was just nothing I could have imagined. Uh, and it was simply the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And uh, it was an enormous amount of work. <laughs> Every single morning I'd be um, posting, you know, in the back of taxis or wherever I was because I'm already really busy. And But I loved it. And uh, I only ever said I'd do it for a year. And so at the end of the year, I'd started with my mum. So on the very last profile is of my eldest daughter and celebrated her. And it was, yeah, it was remarkable. And it's opened up this entire new world of, uh, women and women supporting women and networks and speaking to women about it and now uh, writing about it uh, in this upcoming book. So it just shows you if you've got an idea, just do it. Don't wait to plan it or strategize about what it could look like. And I think if I'd thought too much about it, I probably wouldn't have done it. And if I could have ever anticipated it would have been as big as it was, I bet I would have sort of psyched myself out of it. So Part of the authenticity, I think, was just getting started and having no reason, no ulterior motive, no, um, you know, there was nothing I was trying to gain out of it other than just to see women celebrated and amplified. And what an amazing journey it was. As you, as you say, I, I was on there and my sister got me to do it. And I know she did it as well. Good and, on her. <laughs> oh, good on her. She harasses. She goes, have you done this yet? I'm like, oh, yeah. And well, you're lucky you didn't miss out. <laughs> it was amazing, the number of women. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I had a look through again last night on your website and it's amazing how many different roles the women were doing and how they're contributing to society. And there were quite a few women in high-vis I always stopped at one of those. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's a chick with a loader and there's a the lady underground. And, so, yeah. and there's so me one with of the my truck. That, <laughs> yeah. So one of the wonderful things about it was that, um, and it just was luck really, because my mum was retired and but she was also studying and doing different things. The very first question was, how would you describe what it is you do? that don't use a position title. Little did I know that that would be the single most important question for making sure it was a campaign for everyone because it didn't matter if you were the foreign minister, she did it, and or CEOs or whatever. You weren't able to describe yourself in that way. You just were described by your first name. And so it was a real level up. And I think too often we only ever celebrate the really senior high profile women. Mm. Whereas what I wanted to show was that every woman is a role model. Like it doesn't matter what you're doing, you are a role model to someone else. And this campaign really showed that every single day. And the women who were electricians or who were miners or who were working in shops or who weren't working at all, who were at home with their kids or retired or whatever, every single story was really inspiring. 
And so I loved that while there were high-profile women in there, they were by far the minority and they were not given any special treatment to anyone else. And everyone was celebrated in the order in which they submitted their form. So, you know, I don't know who you were with on your day, but um, you could have been next to Julie Bishop or Tennis <laughs> Lidasek or whatever. It was just the luck of the draw as to when people were celebrated. And um, I think that's one of the things that made it really special. Yeah, for sure. And what I really liked is, well, and it shows how much work it was, is the way that you did it. You did a, a thread with each tweet of each person mm. and shared the question, the answer to each question. And I must say it gave me a lot more visibility and I got a lot of connections from doing it as well. And it made me also oh, that's wonderful. The, it made, but it made me consider the questions. Yeah. So do you want me to sort of repeat the questions to your listeners because they might like to think about how they would answer them because they're not that easy. You know, for the whole year I told every woman, oh, it's really easy. <laughs> no, it's not hard at all. No. Whereas I knew actually it was. Mm. So they seem simple and they were honestly made up this day on the beach, but they're actually quite tricky. So the first one is, as I said, how would you describe what it is you do without using a physician title? And that's not that easy um, when you come down to think about it. The second one was, what did you want to do when you're at school? The third was three words to describe your life to date. And then the fourth was who you hope to inspire and why. And all of them ended up just revealing parts about women that we don't often talk about. Um, and particularly the one with people, what they wanted to do at school. So I found that about a third of the women knew exactly what they wanted to do. I want to be a doctor <laughs> and they were yeah. a doctor and, you know, that's exactly what they've done. Then you might have a third who sort of had no idea what they were going to do but have found their path and they're loving what it is and, you know, they've sort of wound their way through life. Um, and then there was a third that made me sad because there was a third that knew exactly what they wanted to do but they were discouraged from doing it mm. and, you know, didn't end up doing that. But so many came back to find a way to sort of, Maybe not that exact role, but they definitely found a way to contribute in similar sort of style to what they'd thought of at school. So that was a really interesting question. And so was the one about who you hope to inspire. So mainly women tended to want to inspire women like them. So if you're a single mum, there were lots of other single mums saying, I really want to show other single mums what's possible, for example. So it was just beautiful. It was just always so lovely and regardless of where women were in the world like there was women from um, Kabul in Afghanistan and the Faroe Islands up near Norway or there was a glass bottom boat operator from Vanuatu oh. uh, and obviously lots of women from Australia but every single time one would come in and it would just be you know, blow my mind <laughs> so by the end um you know there was quite a big following of people as you would have gathered on twitter you know all reading it and all being inspired by these stories absolutely and and i really loved your tweet that your mum and dad were going through all the answers yeah. one weekend and they were writing the top yeah. three words and they came up with the top three overall out of how many they did and it was uh, oh there were thousands of words yeah they um it was challenging was the number one um word that women yep. use to describe their life but very closely followed by rewarding 
And I and then I think the third one was uh, fun or something like that. But I look at that challenging and rewarding, and I you know that it's perfect for <laughs> most women. That's your life. You know, it's bloody hard sometimes, and it can be really difficult. But you know, most of us try and find a way to feel like we're contributing in whatever it is that we're doing. It doesn't matter where you what your role is. Um, we're all trying to find a way to add value in the people our lives that you know the people we love and where we work and anyway so that was a really nice surprise I had no idea that they'd done that and um yeah they created this word cloud at the end it was that really was a beautiful picture with all those words in there I'll leave I'll leave a link to that uh in the show notes and the third word actually was fulfilling Oh, fulfilling. I knew it was an F. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember which one. Yeah, and then I thought, thought, oh, I wonder what mine were. I can't remember. So I went back to my aunt's and mine were roller coaster, spiritual and hopeful. (laughs) Ah, well, there you go. Well, you were unique. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I'll They're um, they're great words. They're they're great words. Yeah, and they are what, you know, that describes my life to a t <laughs> pretty yeah exactly so you, you're not wrong because that's your words like that there was no wrong answers in any mm. of this it was just all really interesting and I was really careful to never put words in people's mouths I used the women's words obviously because I was doing tweets I had to sort of edit it to fit God damn it Twitter doubled their space at the very end of last year <laughs> for the whole year I'd spent most of my time trying to you know fit everything into 140 characters um and by the end of the year I had a bit more room but uh that was the only bit of editing I did the rest of it was always key and I did every single one of them myself even though I had lots of offers of help but I just felt really strongly that this was a commitment I made and you know I took my responsibility very heavily to make sure I represented each woman really well and that their celebration was true to them Oh, and I love Twitter. I'm a big fan of Twitter also. <laughs> and to see it on, on there and I remember watching you in the, what was it called, the Twitter Blue Room? Oh, the Blue Room. The Blue yeah. Room, which was live and people people asked questions and stuff, didn't they? I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, how did that I know, the whole thing. It? You looked, I'll just say, you looked really lonely sitting on that couch all by yourself and just waiting. For- <laughs> I think I was. <laughs> I think the whole um, the whole thing has been using your word, a roller coaster. I mean, honestly, mm. I came up with this idea because I was pissed off while on some holidays and just said, right, I'm going to do it. And then to think that now 18 months later, it's just, it's, we're still talking about, it. we've written a whole book about what it tells us about women and and how we support each other and and how other you know there's so many ways we can celebrate and support each other and how important it is and so I would never have anticipated any of this so don't worry the Twitter blue room I was pinching myself and I'm still pinching myself every time something new happens and I keep thinking every time I tweet with my excitement everyone must think surely she's not still excited but I really am <laughs> so I would be forever it's, it's great oh, and yeah and- I think so. And the Huffington Post picked it up. You had an article yeah, on the Huffington yeah. Post. Oh, yes, it has been in a lot of um, things. So, it, look, it's just so exciting. Hey, but I've got some exciting news I haven't shared yet. Oh. But you might like to get the scoop. <gasps> Mad that, Mumsy um, loves the scoop. Ev- <laughs> I know, I figured you would. In the back of this 
new book called Womankind, every single woman who was part of the campaign is named. So there's a whole <gasps> celebrating women roll call in this book. And lots of the women who were part of it were, are interviewed and, and getting their thoughts. But I just wanted you to know your name will be there in a book. You'll have oh. to go into a dinner or wherever. Not, I'm not endorsing any bookstore. Anywhere you go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's all of them. And so, I mean, now think about yourself. Who would have thought that having your sister nag you to do something and you go yeah. and do it and now you and I are on a podcast talking about it and now you're going to find your name in a book. I mean, it's just amazing where all these things can lead by supporting and celebrating each other. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it certainly is. It's just astounding and the way the universe unfolds things before us, will it just... That's never, right. Never stops freaking me out. Like, look at this. And, <laughs> um, and the book is called Womankind. Is That's that- it. Womankind, the, pa- the power of women supporting women. So I've written it with the, uh, Catherine Fox, who's written quite a number of other books as well. And the book is coming out on the 13th of September. I know for a fact it's at the printers right now. I'm thinking I can't wait to hold it in my hot little hands. I saw that on Twitter. That's why I asked because I saw that on Twitter that you were like, oh, the manuscript's gone to the printer. I know. Yeah. I know. I've shared at every stage of this because <laughs> you guys are all part of the whole journey. Like you're part of it. So, I, you know, I love it. I just love that we're all in this together. Um, and so the book definitely tells the story of celebrating women and the first chapter is me writing about my own life and um, leadership journey and what it was like working in male-dominated environments and all of that sort of thing and how I came up with celebrating women. But then we talk um, much more about how really there's so much going on in the world at the moment using online and, and other ways where women are finding their voices. And we really debunk this idea of the queen bee that women are all tearing each other down because we just don't believe that the evidence supports that and in fact shows the vast ways and networks and support that we're all giving each other all the time. And then there's uh, some chapters for sort of leaders on what they can be doing and, and organisations. So I really hope you enjoy it. I can't wait to see what, hear what you think. Oh, I can't wait to get it either. So it's going to be in all good bookstores. So it's a real, obviously, it's a printed book. Yeah. It's an e-book. Oh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. It's a real book. <laughs> Oh, no, it's a proper book. So um, our publisher is Murdoch Books, which is part of Allen and Unwin, and it'll be everywhere. So, yeah, everywhere. it's available for pre-order now. Um, if they go to, if you go to my Twitter, I've pinned the link there okay. at the top of my Twitter page. Um, and also I'm on Facebook. So if you find me on Facebook, it's also pinned there. But um, hopefully, yeah, it'll be everywhere very soon. And I will share all of those links with you. Uh, with you, my dear listener, uh, on the show <laughs> notes, which will be this episode, madmumsy.com forward slash beers48. That's the number 48. And I'll also add the video, um, the YouTube video explaining celebrating women and also the that's, blue That's room. a great one. With all the women in it? Yeah. yeah the other yeah. ladies in it, they're fab. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the, no, that's, look. Wonderful. Yep. And always to connect with you and everything. And um, I just being mindful of your time, I just have one more question that I, that I've been asking recently. And it's when life turns to shit as it can, and at times does for all of us, how do you, Dr. Kirsten Ferguson, turn it around? 
we all need a way to help us unwind and defrag a little. And um, I bring this up to help us notice also how often we actually going there. How often are we doing the things that are our happy place that make us feel good? Uh, what is yours? Yeah, mine is definitely where we started this podcast. So going up to it, this particular beach, just as soon as I am there, all of that shit, the worries <laughs> tend to go away. Um, and I can recenter myself and so I'll have a shandy <laughs> and try and put things in perspective. But if I can't do that, okay, here's now another secret thing I don't normally share. But if I'm really stressed, the best way I have found is uh, I watch absolute crap on TV. <laughs> so that's in my happy place too. The crappier, the better. Reality, TV, I don't care. Anything I don't have to think about and then suddenly I'm feeling a bit better. <laughs> so that's my short answer. The nicer one is I go on the beach. That's beautiful. I am a reality TV watcher too, but I I tend to like the (laughs) house rules, my kitchen rules, MasterChef style ones. Really? Oh, see, I don't like those ones as much, but I like all the, I can't say, it's just too bad. But it's bad, like Real Housewives, all that kind of stuff. People yelling and screaming at each other. The worst, you know, there's nothing redeeming about these shows, but, you know, they're mindless, so I can't enjoy them for that yeah. reason. And that's it, and it, <laughs> it, it helps your mind to turn off for a while and yeah, that's right. defrag and just, oh, yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Um, so lovely talking to you. Oh, I'm just, and you should be congratulated for what you're doing for women and what you're doing for um, helping and supporting others and in your industry and out of the, out, you know, across Australia. So thank you for everything that you do. Oh, thank you so much for that, Kirsten. And um, I really appreciate you sharing some time with us. Uh, with my peeps, my beers with the minor podcast peeps, and mm-hmm. I'm sure some of them are listening on their USB out on their machine on might be three o'clock in the morning, and we've given them a few things to mm-hmm. think about. Uh, so thank you for joining me on the podcast. It's indeed been an honour and a pleasure. Cheers. Awesome. And say hi to your sister for me. I Tell her she's going to be in the book. I'll, I'll tell her that. Yes, we're both in that. Awesome. She'll be so excited. Um, <laughs> I know. Oh, she messaged me before I said, oh, I'm just about to go and do this interview. I'll talk to you later. And she goes, now, she goes, now you'll, you, you guys will be great. Just remember, she's a real person. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> More than a real person. I just told you I watch Housewives while drinking bloody shandy. I can oh, I assure know. you. Right, Mad Mumsy, I get doesn't get much. I I get underneath and get the real dirt out, the real story. Not I don't want dirt. Well, I am mining. I want mining. That's wonderful. Well, I hope you enjoyed that chat with Dr. Kirsten Ferguson as much as I did. I'm really excited to know that my name will be included inside the book. What a scoop! Oh, and of course, my sister, Hard Hat Mentor, will be in there as well and all the other wonderful women that Kirsten shared throughout 2017. For all the links discussed in this episode, head to the show notes over at madmumsy.com forward slash beers 48, the number 48, and it's M-U-M-Z-I-E. Or you can also now 
have a look right from your podcast app. And do you have an Android? Google have a new podcast app called Google Podcasts. Check it out. It's really easy to, to, to subscribe and just say, hey, Google, play the latest episode of Beers with a Minor podcast. So uh, really, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and madmumsy.com forward slash beers48 are all you need. Now, before I go, I would like to update you on a passion project I've been working on. I have created two meditation videos and MP3s that may help you or someone you know. The first is to help us de-stress our body and relax. And another will help you to shut down and switch off for sleep. Especially helpful in the wee hours when our brain won't switch off and trying to go to sleep on night shift when it's daytime outside. The way that it's set up, they end up costing you about $3 Australian and it depends on the US conversion rate, that's why. So when you click buy, I think it's $4 to buy, but then when you get to checkout, it's less. So there you go, there's a bonus. <laughs> uh, this helps me to cover a few expenses in creating the podcast and it's also something that I I really wanted to do because it's how I get through a lot of the roller coaster of life. As I said to Kirsten, that was my number one one word to describe my life was a roller coaster. So when that roller coaster is rocking, uh, I meditate. And so after all my years of meditating, I now know that a lot of people don't even like that word it's for just bloody old hippies like me. But um, anytime you can just switch off your brain just for a bit, and have a little bit of space in there, goodness sake, you know, we can drive ourselves nuts. And, which is really hard to do when you're trying to go to sleep. And as you're working long hours, you really do need your sleep. It's critical. So you can find them over at madmumsy.com forward slash sleep. Of course, I'd love any feedback on those. I've had some already and people are saying they didn't even get to the end because they went back to sleep, which is exactly my goal. Thanks for listening to the Biz with a Minor podcast. Until next time, stay safe, be real, be special and have fun for we only live once. Cheers.